want to tell you today a story about how one of the biggest mistakes I made when I was a trainer and a gym owner led to potentially the biggest breakthrough I've had that has helped me help more people in the online space than I ever was able to help in a physical gym capacity. And not only has it helped me you know, create more results for my fitness clients, but these same concepts have transferred over and applied to my business in a way that has really magnified the whole thing and created, well, uh, to this year to date, like 260% growth year over year, which is amazing. So here's what I'm going to say. When, when I had a gym, I had a small, uh, small group training studio. So it was 4,000 square feet and, you know, small groups, people would train together and I had a system in place, you know, so you deadlifted, you did kettlebell presses, you, you know, you work towards a chin up or a push up or whatever, but it was like very systematic, which is part of the nature of, you know, having a small group fitness training studio. Um, everybody's got to be kind of on the same page, but I was very rigid in that, like, this is the way that you get results. And you need to master these things and put in the work in order to get better and, you know, increase the amount you deadlift or be able to do your first chin up or whatever. And anything else outside of that is a complete waste of time because in my, at the time, very black and white brain, it was like, well, this is the optimal thing, you know, but the mistake in where that was hurting people is it led, it reinforced a distortion that many people already have in their heads. And that is if I want an outcome, if there's something I want, it's tied to a process that I hate. If I want something, I have to work super hard. I'm probably going to have to hate it. Like I'm going to have to muster up all this willpower and all this discipline. And that's how you get what you want. In fact, this line of thinking, you know, if you really take it further, it's like, Hey, the more that the process sucks, the better the outcome must be. And you can probably tie that into working out, right? Where you're like, man, that was a really hard workout. And you're like, well, how did it move you forward? I don't know, but I feel like shit and I'm sore and I was sweating a lot. So in your head, you tie that to a better outcome without any evidence that you did get more results from that harder workout. That's the distorted thinking. And <clears throat> what happens is you, you tie this into this belief that like, I'm going to hate the activity. Therefore, getting a result requires all this discipline and all this willpower. And when you believe that, you set yourself up to fail in a number of ways. Because if you believe that, man, I got to hate the activity, so therefore it requires you know, willpower just to get started, you've created resistance, you've created friction right from the beginning. So it's going to be harder to ever get started in the first place. Secondly, if you are requiring, or I'm sorry, if you are relying on willpower and discipline, guess what? They're going to fade eventually. Those are not infinite resources. Those are finite. And so if day in, day out, you are white knuckling your workouts or your, your business or whatever, ultimately, those things will fade, you'll run out of them, you'll burn out, and then that will lead to a lack of, lack of consistency. Lack of consistency, lack of results. But probably the worst part about it is when that willpower does run out and you're no longer able to be consistent with the process, you're going to see yourself as a failure. You're going to be like, man, I'm lazy, I suck, I lack discipline. And you know, that's the normal shit that people talk to themselves. I'm sure you have said that to yourself at some point when you failed to come through on what you perceived was like an important and hard task that was tied to some work or workout related thing. And that's crazy. It's crazy to think that to label yourself as lazy or a failure just because you couldn't force yourself to do something that you hate indefinitely. Like sometimes it's like, man, you got to do some things you don't like. That happens in grown up 
in the grown up world sometimes. But if it's tied to an outcome and it's just like, you know, one day or one hour, hell, even a week, it's like, oh, whatever. You can kind of suck it up because it's tied to what you want. But if you're just like, I'm just going to, to get the thing I want, I'm just going to have to hate the process and just force myself to do it for as long as I can possibly see into the future. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, that's kind of a crazy concept. And you're really just setting yourself up for negative self-talk because ultimately you will put that label on yourself. You will call yourself lazy. And dude, that's a problem. I mean, negative self-talk, talking shit to yourself, beating yourself down over this perceived failure of, you know, running out of willpower to do something you hate is not really what's, you know, going to help you along in the world. So what I want to propose to you is what if there is a different way? Rather than forcing yourself to do something you hate <laughs> right from the beginning, which is what I was doing to my clients, by the way, in the gym, they didn't always feel comfortable, you know, deadlifting or doing kettlebell swings or whatever. Why don't we just focus on creating momentum with activities that we enjoy? You know, so start out, make it easy to get going. And then over time, you can increase the difficulty, but it won't feel as difficult because you have grown and you've become more capable of taking on challenges. And so when I think of this as creating momentum with activities you enjoy, I think of it as leverage. I'm pulling levers. I'm using levers. And, you know, if you think about what a lever is, it's like, man, you know, in the most broad sense, it's like there's a huge boulder and I can't push it. But if I get a lever, if I get a long, you know, stick to wedge under there and lever, I can apply enough force to actually move the boulder, right? And it's the same. I mean, that's what jujitsu is all about. You know, um, I'm a, I'm a lot, I'm, I mean, not a lot, but I'm, I'm bigger than most opponents I roll with, right? Like I'm 210, 215 pounds. You better believe that there are 160, 170 pound guys who use leverage to beat my ass, <laughs> to throw me around as if I was a child. That's the power of lever. And so we want to apply this concept of leverage to, you know, really any activities we do. Certainly in my world, I, I built my career on leveraging people's fitness behaviors, but now I'm building a business off of leveraging my business activities. And so, you know, if I was to look at what defines a high leverage activity, it would be like a, the ability to increase results, you know, the ability to increase results. That's numero uno. Number two, you're increasing those results while reducing effort. Isn't that something that goes against a lot of beliefs that you may have. And finally, if I'm going to call it a high leverage activity, I'm going to enjoy it because if I hate it or I'm indifferent to it, that's not really a lever in my book. Right. And so you really want all three of those together for maximal results. You know what I mean? Like there are things you can do that increase your results, but the effort increases so much along with it, you know, the juice may not be worth the squeeze. Or there may be things you can do that make your life easier, but you don't really enjoy them. And so therefore it kind of detracts from your overall quality of life. So if it's, if I'm really going to have a high lever activity, a high leverage activity is going to increase results, reduce effort and increase enjoyment in my life. Okay. Now, we can look at this in a number of different ways. Um, we can look at this in a number of different ways. We can do, um, you know, we can say, hey, some things are enjoyable, but don't produce results. Some things produce results with a high output and some things produce results, but are not enjoyable, you know? And so if we were, if we were going to look at that, what does that look like in the fitness world? Um, okay. Here's one that I want to bring back to you. So back in about, um, shit, when did I start running? So I was not a, I was not a yogger for the first 15 years, probably of my fitness career. Um, but in 2016 or 17, I decided to tackle that beast. I was going to become a runner. 
And because I was new to that world, really, and I didn't have my own results to prove, I had theories of things that I had read about, my clients were kind of like not as bought into it as they were with my kettlebell work and my barbell work. Like they knew I knew my shit when it came to biomechanics. They knew I knew my shit when it came to strength training. But like when it came to cardio, they're like, Paul, you don't really have the results to show for it. Like you're kind of fucking slow, which I was like, it it would take me about 30 minutes to run a 5k um, when I first started running. I said, but that being said, here's my plan to get there. And I put a plan out for the whole gym because people like, we like to run 5Ks together, right? Like it'd be a fun group activity. And I put my plan out there about this is how I'm going to do it with low uh, effort, not even low effort, but low heart rate cardio, right? So I was going to do the majority of my work was going to be long, slow cardio because that paired nicely with my strength training that created more recovery from my strength training and it didn't detract from it. And I enjoyed it. And guess what? That's also the thing you can do to build the biggest aerobic base. Check out my podcast last week about allocation of resources. So that's what I was going to do. And I had one client who was like, and this is, and this is like the dead of winter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't know. I I did a couple of those slow runs you talked about. Like, I don't really think that does anything. And I'm like, okay, like, what are you going to do? They're like, I'm going to go to orange theory. Like, okay. Um, Do you like orange theory? (laughs) And she's like, well, I mean, not really. It's kind of cheesy. Like I look around, people aren't using great form with weights. The strength training is actually a total joke. Okay. But, um, it's really hard and my heart rate gets really high. So it must be doing something. I'm like, okay. I mean, like that's not true. Like I'm telling you from a theoretical standpoint, that's not true, but you know, I don't have anything to back that up from my own experience. Right. And she's like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. So right off the bat, she doesn't like it, nor is it reducing effort. It's harder. It's harder. So she's going to my gym three days a week to strength train. And in between those days, she's going to orange theory classes. Like, okay, like, cool, whatever. Um, Let's look at the the third piece of level. It's already missing two pieces of the lever. She doesn't enjoy it. It's hard. It's not reducing effort. So is it producing results? Look, dude, six months later (laughs) in the next. So this is like the dead of winter, December, January, something like that. By the time we did the the group 5K in October, so 10 full months, almost a year, there's this one 5K. I love to do it. It was at this Arboretum, you know, beginning of fall in the Midwest, orange leaves everywhere, crisp air, like 70 degrees. Awesome, dude. I run this thing. And like I said, previous to that, it took me about 30 minutes to run a 5K from simply doing aerobic base work, which means very low heart rate. I, I crack, I cracked 25 minutes. I shaved a full, almost six minutes off my time from doing that work. The client fucking ran it in like 35 minutes, <laughs> you know, which is crazy. So now we're like, Oh, it doesn't even produce results. That's wild. Like, uh, and I'm not trying to dog anybody, but like, if you do a normal aerobic training program, you should be able to run three consecutive, you know, nine to 10 minute miles like you should. And, um, I was like, okay, so that's not a very good lever. It doesn't produce results. It's fucking hard and you don't even like it. Like, man, not a high leverage activity. Right. And there was, you know, I can take the same principle about aerobic base training. You guys should be like, man, this guy just loves slow cardio, which is kind of funny. Cause I mean, I do, but I don't. Right. Um, when I was a kettlebell instructor, one of the ways that we had to certify and recertify was with a kettlebell uh, the kettlebell snatch, which is a lift where the the bell starts, you know, low and you, and you pop your hips and you, and you pop it all the way up to a full overhead lockout position. And so the test was to do that with a 24 kilo bell. So like 53 pounds, and you had to do 100 reps in five minutes. 
And dude, I did not like this. This is like when you do the test, it's like you taste blood in the back of your throat type situation. You think you're suffocating because you can't breathe. Like that's what it feels like if you know, especially me, because I just didn't really like training it, you know, cardio that much at that time. And so what I did, um, what my coaches had me doing at the time is I would do these very intense kettlebell workouts where there was like, you know, tons of kettlebell swings and snatches, you know, a high amount of work, like 30 or 40 seconds, a small amount of rest, like 15 to 20 seconds in repeating that for multiple intervals. And it got to the point where, you know, a couple things were happening. First of all, I just never wanted to hit start on the timer. Like I was emotionally drained from these workouts. Like I did not enjoy them. In fact, they actively detracted from my life. They did not reduce effort. They were hard. Like this was hard shit. I would like, it would be a 10 minute or a 15 minute thing. And then I would lay on the ground for 20 minutes afterwards. And did it produce, produce results? Like it got me to finish the test. Yes, it did. I did. I was able to take that training and complete my 100 reps in five minutes. Now take it, you know, and that's what I did from 2010 to 2016, 17, when I start running. Now here's the interesting thing. I do that cardio, the low, the, the aerobic base work again. So long, slow runs. And I did none of that hard kettlebell training at all for that year. Um, I did very little. I did skill work and that's about it. Well, come that recertification ended up being, I want to say September. So maybe right before that 5k. So now from Christmas on, all I've really done is strength train and done very slow, easy runs. I completed the test not only faster than I ever completed it, which was under four minutes, but I felt less like dying than I ever felt like doing it. So again, it's like there was two training protocols. One I didn't like and was very difficult and did produce a result. The other one produced a better result, way easier. And I actually liked it. I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to audiobooks. Like it was fun to, to do long, slow runs. So it's like, dude, which activity am I going to take to get down that path? Now, even if you're not familiar with kettlebells or, or you're not familiar with this style of aerobic training, I, I think the point is, is getting to you because it's like, I want to look at this is how can I make the best use of my time? If I want to go after something, I'm not saying I'm not willing to work hard. What I'm saying is I'm willing, I'm willing to put in, I need to put in work over the long haul, which means that I want to keep the initial effort as low as possible so I can accumulate effort over time rather than put, dumping it all into one day, one week or one workout and burning myself out. So Here's how I look at all this thing. If you can picture quadrants, right? On the left-hand side, there's two quadrants. What do I enjoy? So the first quadrant is what do I enjoy that produces results? And double down on that. Double down on that. And so now, you know, for me, these runs, that's a high, pri that's a high priority activity. Like these are scheduled in because I, I enjoyed the time. I listen to my books. I listen to my podcasts, whatever. Um, and it's easy. I get some sunshine. I get a good sweat. Like enjoy it. So now that's a high priority. Like when I say double down, I'm not even necessarily doing twice the amount of runs, but I'm doubling down and making it a priority. Right. And as far as effort goes, like the effort's driven down because I actually enjoy it. So, you know, I do what I enjoy and then I do what I enjoy and I make sure I do it first and foremost above everything. And if I'm doing that to drive results, the next thing I want to look at is, you know, next thing I want to look at is, hold on, I'm going to skip around on my slides here. What do I enjoy that's not producing results? Interesting question, right? And from a fitness standpoint, 
It's like a lot of my clients, well, hey, they were doing Orange Theory. The one client I talked about didn't like it. A lot of them are like doing spin classes and stuff on the weekends too. Now, is the spin class worthless? It's not worthless, but it's not really like most people were at our gym to look better. And I'm like, it's definitely not doing anything for that. Right. Um, and it's definitely, I mean, this kind of maybe has some aerobic benefits. So all we want to do is be like, Hey, but you love it because you love the music and you love the playlist and you love the community. All good. Keep doing that thing, but let's keep it from interfering with everything else. Let's keep it from actively detracting from the rest of your plan. And so like, Hey, maybe we do our strength workouts here. We do a spin class on Saturday morning, which is the most packed. You see the most friends you have Sunday to recover. You're back in the gym on Monday. Let's put it in a place where it doesn't interfere with anything else because I want you to enjoy your life. It's the same with the food situation. Like, dude, I don't want you to never have a beer again. If if you like beer or pizza or ice cream, whatever the case is, but obviously we're not going to put that stuff as the priority, um, or we're not going to put it as the base. I should say. We're going to build it in. We're going to build it into your plan in a way that it doesn't interfere with your results. So you can both have the thing you enjoy without hampering your results. So in this way, if I can focus on it this way, it's like I'm taking the parking brake off. If I look at what do I enjoy and does produce results, that's stepping on the gas. If I look at which one I enjoy that doesn't really produce results and I can put it in the proper place in my life so that it doesn't interfere, that's like taking the parking brake off. So now those two things alone will create massive amount of momentum with a very minimal amount of effort. So then from there, I'm going to look at what do I not enjoy? What do I not enjoy? But it creates results with reasonable effort. Okay. So for me, to to just stick with the running example, um, I did not enjoy running before I started. You know, once I got better at it and, and was able to go a decent distance and stuff, yes, then I started liking it. But at first I was like, man, I just know that this is important and I know that it has many health benefits, but I don't enjoy it. So I found a way to reduce the friction to make it bearable, right? I got into podcasts. That's literally when I started listening to podcasts five or shit. Six, seven years ago. You know, that's literally when I started doing this, when I got into audiobooks. And it's the same with food. It's like, dude, not everybody, not everybody craves a bunch of protein, you know, first thing in the morning. You know, a lot of, a lot of Americans are like, dude, we eat a lot of high carb stuff in the morning. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But then it's, if you're trying to get adequate protein, that can set you behind to the rest of the day. So, dude, why don't we get you some Greek yogurt, some non fat Greek yogurt? Maybe if you don't love the taste of it, why don't we add some stevia to it? Dude, it's that fucking easy. Find a thing that's going to help you. You don't love it. But find a way to enjoy it, to reduce the friction like vegetables. I'll be the last person to tell you that you have to eat vegetables. I don't like them. I do not like vegetables. But here's what I do know is that when I eat a massive amount of vegetables, especially in the middle of the day, it keeps my stomach full (laughs) and it keeps my energy levels stable and I don't get hungry like I would if I ate something that was more calorie dense. So here's what I do. I found Bolt House salad dressing, which is relatively low in calories, you know, ranch and blue cheese, and I can put it on a big ass salad. And therefore I found a thing that I'm like, I know this thing is going to help me. I don't love it, but here's a way I can reduce the friction and get myself to do it because I want the result. You know, from a business perspective, it's like, dude, it's, it's number, it's numbers. I don't love bookkeeping. I don't love tracking numbers. So I mostly outsource it, you know, like I mostly use financial services and bookkeepers and accountants and stuff like that to take care of it for me. But then when I do have to do things on my end, the data entry and the, you know, whatever the case is, dude, I make it enjoyable. I I have a playlist, I throw in a playlist, you know, get a cup of coffee, settle in, knock it out in an hour. And I know that it's going to move my business forward to have all this information. And I find a way to make it somewhat enjoyable.
All right. So now it's the final quadrant, which is what do I not enjoy that's not producing results? And this sounds crazy. Like, why would I do something that I hate and it doesn't produce results? Sometimes you just haven't audited yourself. So sometimes if you really take a hard look, you're like, man, I'm putting a lot of effort right here and it's not doing anything. So just get rid of it. So a lot of people, they come, they come at us like when they first start working with Angie or myself for nutrition, they're like, oh, I've done that. I've already cut the carbs. I've already cut out sugar. I've already, you know, gotten rid of gluten. It's like, okay, do you, do you like those things? Do you, do you literally like not eating sugar? Do you literally like not eating carbohydrate? They're like, well, no. I'm like, great news. It's not doing anything for your results either. <laughs> so stop doing that thing that's that's making your life miserable and doesn't produce results. Eat the fucking carbs. From a business perspective, dude, this is this one like still chaps my ass to this day that I wasted so much time in it. But early on, um, a guy told me like network, 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 get your name out there. And so I was in the chamber of commerce and I was in all these local networking groups, probably spending four or five hours a week going to these meetings. And it seemed like I was always buying something. Like somebody who's always had some insurance to sell me or a website to build for me or whatever, but nobody ever signed up for my gym. You know what I mean? And it was the wrong thing to produce results from my business. Like 60 year old, you know, aging fucking accountants and insurance salesmen were not my primary target to sign up for a fucking hardcore strength training kettlebell gym. Like that wasn't it. And so somehow I'm spending four or five hours a week in a room with these people trying to explain what I do. They don't really care. And I'm like, well, dude, this is I don't enjoy this because I don't really enjoy these conversations. And it's not even bringing people in. I'm out, you know, except it took me like two years to, <laughs> to allow myself to cut ties with it. But let me, let that be a warning to you. Don't let, don't let something take two years for you to cut ties with. If it's not producing results and you don't enjoy it, audit yourself now, look at things you don't enjoy and then look at, is it producing results or not? And if it's not, or it's not tangible, get the fuck out of there. All right. So to summarize it, we're looking at higher leverage activities to be a high leverage activity increases results, reduces efforts, adds to the enjoyment of your life. You really want all three of those elements to to maximize your results. And if you were looking like, how can I discover areas of my life? How can I discover more leverage in my life? Look at what do I enjoy that produces results and then do more of that or make it more of a priority. What do I not enjoy that is not producing results? Get that shit out of there. What do I not enjoy but creates results with reasonable effort? Reduce the friction so you can make it palatable. And what do I enjoy that's not producing results? What do I enjoy that is not producing results? Put it in the place in your life to where you can still enjoy it, but it's not interfering. And if you do those things, you will create momentum with yourself and it will not feel difficult. It will not feel difficult. You may have to listen to this bad boy again to really like understand it. And I think to to really understand the examples as well, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast right before this one where I laid out the different areas of what I look at when I'm training people. It'll make a lot more sense. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is a concept. The, the concept of finding leverage, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, of course, I want less effort for more results and more enjoyment. But when you really audit and look for it and implement it, which takes balls, by the way, to cut things out of your life or to make more priority things you enjoy. It does take balls to do that. But when you do it, you create momentum with minimal effort and it feels amazing. All right. I hope this resonated with you. Um, let me know your thoughts. Hit me up in the discord channel. Hit me up on social media. 
for, leave a review. I would love if you haven't already, leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, iTunes, a couple of sentences about what you found enjoyable. Dude, hit the share button. Send this over to somebody who, send it over to a training partner. Send it over to somebody who's asking you questions about your workout routine. Send, send it over to somebody who's looking for a good podcast recommendation. That's the, that's the best compliment I can get. And um, for, for all my stuff, it's at missingpeacepodcast.com. I'm in the process of revamping that website, which I'm super excited about. And um, you can go on there. You can find my socials on there. And then you can also find our Discord community, which you can pop in. And I do a bunch of content in there as well. So looking forward to seeing you over there. Have a great one.